Welcome, welcome to another episode. This is Mason Hunter, and I wanted to share some thoughts with you guys today on what I learned after watching the Arnold mini, you know, docuseries on Netflix. So if you haven't watched it, it's actually super good and super well done. Um, I've always been interested in you know, history, and not that this is a super historical topic, but, you know, I've also always been interested in biographies, you know, autobiographies, and just reading, uh, or I guess consuming stories of uh, amazing people, you know, outstanding people, I guess, people who are outside the norm. And so this docuseries is about, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't actually know how to pronounce his last name, even after watching a big old documentary about him. But somehow this documentary caught my eye and, you know, I never realized how successful he was, especially, you know, in three completely unrelated fields. It's just, you know, inspiring and incredible. And so I wanted to share with you guys what I learned from his story. So Arnold was, you know, born in Austria and it was after, um, I honestly don't even remember which world war, but the point is there, he lived in a town where a lot of the men there were broken men from the war. And, you know, that was, you know, his own phrase. He said broken men and including his father. And so it was a uh, very hard upbringing for him um, with, you know, beatings. And um, he, he didn't use this word, but to me, it seemed like some emotional abuse because it seemed like his father favored his older brother. Uh, so from what I understand, it was just them four, you know, father, mother, little Arnold, and then his, his older brother, who was kind of the favored child um, growing up. And anyway, one time, you know, Arnold remembers watching this uh, Hercules movie where he saw this really buff guy and then, you know, walking past, um, you know, in the, the town center, walking past these stores, you know, he saw magazines of bodybuilders and, you know, it kind of caught his eye that, you know, he could sort of create this um, amazing physique for himself. And he got very interested in bodybuilding. So, you know, with this newfound interest, he joins this group of guys. And at this point, you know, he's not a kid. He's like a teenager. And he joins this workout group. And, uh, you know, guys who want to become bodybuilders, get bigger muscles, and then, you know, tone them and things. And so that's where his journey begins. And, you know, I don't have all the details. If you want them, go watch the Arnold documentary. But he eventually gets this opportunity to um, go to Germany and compete in a bodybuilding competition. And he knew that he wanted to go to America at some point. And 
that, you know, first he had to just find some way out of Austria. And so, you know, he takes that leap and, and he leaves uh, and goes to Germany. And so, you know, one thing I just want to point out here is he... I'm trying to figure out like a good way to say this because you know his upbringing was pretty difficult you know in a, a bit of a terrible environment but he didn't use like he didn't get dismayed by that he didn't use that as an excuse for why he couldn't achieve his goals he actually used that as a motivator and um you know at the risk of sounding insensitive and that's not what i'm trying to do but I, just to illustrate a contrast you know his brother eventually passed away um, from drunk driving and he you know had this drinking problem and arnold sort of theorizes that it was because you know he couldn't get past the hard upbringing you know his brother was just softer you know a softer man by nature and you know he he had to deal with this in his own way and it ultimately killed him and so you know that's in contrast to the way arnold dealt with it was which was sort of as fuel for his fire and why he you know had to you know get to america and get to you know a better place you know because because of the american dream and things like that so anyway as part of you know his preparation obviously arnold was meeting all the right people you know talking to other bodybuilders, other people who have competed before, working out with them. But one thing he did that was very interesting to me is he had this way of just visualizing um, his goal. And, you know, he said in the documentary that it's always been one of his gifts, is this ability to see, like, as if it were reality in his mind, um, his goals and his achievements before they happened and so it's super cool because he talks about this scene that he imagined of him competing and you know and and him winning in a bodybuilding competition and all the people you know screaming his name Arnold 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 and you know he's standing there with all the lights on him on his stage and that's ultimately what happens when he competed. And he ended up winning for 10 years straight, uh, getting first place in, I can't remember what all the names, but there's, you know, Mr. World, Mr. Universe, um, and, and even there's one called Mr. Olympia, which is a bodybuilding competition for all the, like, worldwide champions. So he was the champion of the champions you know it's like that one hunger games where all the previous winners went and did another like hunger game situation he won that at multiple times so you know somebody filmed him uh you know after after 10 years he was just driving in the car it must have been one of his friends they had this clip in the documentary where he said uh, he's like, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm done bodybuilding and, or com you know, competing in bodybuilding, and they were like, why? You know, you're the best. And he just said, well, I've done, I've done everything I can do here. 
you know, and it was true. He was on top. There was nothing else he could do. And then they say, well, you know, what are you going to do now? And he says, I think I'm going to get into acting. And so that's the second phase of the documentary was all about his acting career. And so he approached it in such a different way than what you normally hear. You know, these these starving actors who, you know, are, are waiting tables in the day and then trying to get a, a job at night and they'll take any job. You know, he was actually very picky because, once again, you know, using his visualization technique, he saw that, you know, he was the leading man. And so he didn't want to take any role where he wasn't a lead. And he had the ability to turn down roles because he was already successful before, you know, coming into the Hollywood scene. So while he was a bodybuilder, he would do, you know, these photo shoots and these posing, I can't remember what he called them, like posing exhibitions or something like that, where they would take photos of you. And he did it, I can't remember the guy's name, but essentially he was mentored by a guy who owned the magazine and owned, you know, these supplement uh, brands. And so he was sort of mentored by a businessman and he was, while he was basically a worldwide bodybuilding champion, he was also learning about, um, you know, how to be a successful businessman. And, you know, he bought an apartment building, so he had some real estate uh, investments. And so anyway, by the time he transitioned into acting, he was actually already a millionaire and, you know, well enough off. So he was never in that starving actor stage where he had to take these sort of crap roles. He could always say no and wait for the right role um, to ultimately build, you know, a brand of who is Arnold or Arnold is a high-tier, high-class actor. So, you know, there were some directors who didn't want to work with him because of his accent. And, you know, he didn't let that uh, hold him back. He just got a speech coach. Um, And he also got an acting coach. And he had the money to do that, to get the resources to make himself successful. And... There's this story where he meets uh, this one director and the first thing he says to him, because the, the, the guy was a short guy, and he says, um, you know, why does such a little man need such a big desk? And that guy, you know, like throws him out and he's like, I can't work with this guy, I can't work with him. And that was, I think, for the movie Conan the Barbarian, which is one of like Arnold's first movies, and he, you know, plays Conan in that And so the other people in the movie uh, eventually, you know, convince him and Arnold, you know, gets the role and and uh, but he gets it sort of conditionally like, well, you know, how about, okay, Arnold, you can you can sort of uh, act in this role and we'll see if you're good. But, you know, we may have to switch you out. And so he works super hard. He starts spending like hours a day riding a horse so that it becomes you know second nature and he's practicing with the sword and so he he basically tries to you know become conan in real life and you know 
like ride a sword as it or ride a sword ride a horse as if you know he grew up doing that and fighting with the sword as if you know he's been fighting with the sword his whole life and so you know he works really hard to sort of become who the character is and then you know eventually this director who he had previously insulted comes on set and and watches him work and walks up to him and says you know Arnold you you are Conan you are Conan and then he just walks away and so Arnold remembers that feeling where he's like you know yes I I want him over and so you know a bit of a, a rocky start to his acting career but you know he already knows the importance of giving 110% and working super hard and so you know, eventually he becomes basically the biggest actor in Hollywood. And, you know, Arnold has this ability to sort of pivot into these different roles so that he never uh, becomes irrelevant. And he's not afraid to do that while he's at the top of his game, which is kind of when you would think like it's kind of counterintuitive you wouldn't think that's the right time but you know seeing the way his life has played played out uh it's just interesting to see that it was the right time because you know he was a 10-year like first place champion in bodybuilding when he decided to stop and go into acting and, you know, it takes some time to to then become an actor. But he just, you know, he always uses the analogy in the documentary of climbing the next summit. Like he just saw in his in his mind's eye, essentially, this next challenge that he wanted to go after. So, you know, he climbs that summit and... You know, each of these sort of sections of the documentary is like over an hour long. So I'm, I'm skipping a bunch of details. But, you know, he becomes the number one actor in Hollywood. And um, there's an opportunity for him to get into politics and become the governor of California. And you would think like, what does it even mean? There's an opportunity for you to become the governor California well the current governor had basically lost uh, like the people had lost respect for him they eventually were gonna like impeach him I know it's not the right word but basically kick him out of office and so um, and Arnold had been thinking you know this guy is failing the people that you know I can do some good here for some reason, he was interested in becoming the governor. I guess that was just the next summit he saw. He always was able to see the next summit to climb. And so without any of the right people, right, he didn't have a campaign manager or, you know, a political advisor. I don't know what the roles are, but he didn't have any of the right people. He decides that's what I'm going to do. And it's sort of spur of the moment because at this point, he's married to uh, one of the Kennedys. I think her name was Maria. And so that's what I'll refer to her as. They, 
you know, so she, uh, I think, was JFK's niece. And so, anyway, she knows that politics is scary. She doesn't really want him to run for governor. But um, he was invited onto this TV show. And the guy just said, you know, do, like, you know, whether you want to run or whether you don't want to run, that's okay. Just come announce it on my show. And, uh, you know, with the expectation that Arnold was going to, you know, decide to not run. And so Arnold shows up and he doesn't know what he's going to say. You know, Maria, his wife, doesn't really want him to run. This TV show guy doesn't expect him to run. Nobody expects him to actually try and be the governor of California. But uh, in the middle of that TV show, it just like, you know, he, he doesn't know what he's going to say. But when his mouth opens, he announces, you know, that's why I'm going to run for <laughs> for the governorship in California. And then that launches his campaign. And so he has to, you know, gather the right people around him because he, he had none of the preparation in place. And so, you know, he runs and he wins and, you know, he was the governor for like eight years, I think. Um, but he had an interesting campaign and an interesting start to his governorship. So during the campaign, he knew, you know, I'm not a lifelong politician. These other politicians are going to know so much more about this than me. And so, you know, obviously, number one, he's going to have to study. And so he studies and studies and again, just, you know, hits this problem, hits this summit with a little, with a load of hard work. But that's not the only thing he does. He also gets like comedians and joke writers to write him jokes so that he can hide his ignorance with humor. And so there's this clip of, you know, a debate he's on where um, this woman sort of must be one of the competing uh, candidates, you know, brings up uh, some sort of issue in, I don't know, maybe a bill or something. It's not important to the story, but, you know, brings up an issue and Arnold says, well, you know, your proposed solution has such a big loophole in it, I can drive my Hummer through it. And, you know, the audience kind of chuckles at that. And so he just completely hides that he, he doesn't know what she's asking, right? He's got English as a second language and he's, you know, an actor, not a politician. And yet, you know, he still is able to endear himself to the people. And so, um, you know, they were so endeared with him that even when some allegations came up against him of, you know, like sexual harassment allegations during the campaign, he was still able to uh, overcome those in and uh, become the, you know, win the governorship. And, you know, this isn't a comment on whether he's innocent or guilty of those allegations. I have no clue. Uh, you know, that's not the point of the story. The point is just even when, you know, something came up to sort of, uh, you know, tarnish his reputation, the people, like he had already endeared himself so much to the people that many of them looked over it so anyway he also 
had a rough start to his um, governorship. So he was sworn in, it, you know, just like he saw he would be. <laughs> and um, like the first, you know, little bit of his like term, he actually lost favor with the people because, um, you know, another thing that needs to be remarked, he ran as a Republican, right, in California and he won. So that's how much, you know, that's how impressive it was that he won. He wasn't a politician. He was a Republican. It was literally in California, and yet still he won. Well, he was more concerned with um, helping the people than sticking to, uh, you know, like Republican uh I don't know, stances and points of view in a, in a Republican platform. So it took him a second to sort of realize that. And that's why he was really losing favor with the people. And they were thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, th like the news uh, in this documentary, they had clips from the news and it was showing like, you know, maybe we made a mistake. Maybe we need to recall Governor Schwarzenegger. Um and so, anyway, he was in a really bad way, off to a bad start. But he realized, no, I need, like, I need to, like, this is why I ran in the first place, was to help the people. I need to figure out a way to show these people that I'm actually, I actually have their best interests at heart. So, what he does is he, uh, you know, hires a democratic um i can't remember the exact role but some sort of advisor on his board you know as the governor and you know her last name is kennedy as well but she's not you know no relations to the kennedys but um anyway a democrat last name kennedy you know the republicans were like not about that you know they didn't like that but Arnold, he didn't care because he was trying to show the people that he was he had their best interest at heart and then actually act on that. So he actually, um, you know, did a lot of things that traditional, you know, Republicans wouldn't have done. His whole sort of push that I saw from the documentary was about, you know, uh, climate change and, and climate control and trying to help the environment and initiatives to you know move california to solar and limit uh these greenhouse gas emissions and things like that and so um you know he actually made a pivot and a change so another interesting he he did as governor and this is just sort of like a mini story where basically he was just a baller is he would have this cigar tent in the middle of this courtyard where the government buildings were. And so anybody who wanted to, you know, talk shop with him about, you know, policies, procedures in a sort of informal setting could, you know, he would invite them to his cigar tent and they would, you know, smoke outside. But here's what he did. He left the tent open. And this was a tent in the middle of the courtyard of all the government buildings. 
So anybody, you know, walking the hallway or in their office who was facing, you know, inward could see who was in the tent with Arnold. And they would say, they would think to themselves, you know, like, either, oh, I got to get in there, you know, to push my initiative. Or why am I not in there? You know, why wasn't I invited? And so it sort of created this exclusivity and, you know, using uh, sort of, for some reason, you know, like rumor is coming into my head. But like, you know, this sort of gossipy environment to get people interested in working with him. And, uh, you know, it worked really well. It was also, you know, played to his strength because he was used to obviously being the center of attention from his acting days. So anyway, I just thought that was super cool. Um, the story of Arnold and, you know, to sort of close the documentary, he says, um, you know, you can, you can call me whatever you want. You know, you can call me in Austrian, you can call me an American, an actor, an athlete, a politician, but one thing you can't ever call me is a self-made man because I wouldn't have been able to do any of this stuff on my own. You know, he always had the right people around him. And I just thought, you know, he's obviously a guy who is successful and, you know, a bit self-centered. You know, you have to be a bit self-centered to be that successful. <laughs> but he still recognized the important role that uh, other people had in his success. And he wouldn't have been had half as much success if he had just tried and done it all by himself. So anyway, I share, you know, these parts of the Arnold Schwarzenegger story uh, because I thought they were inspiring and, and interesting. And so I hope you could learn something from them. Uh, I do want to say, you know, he's sort of a, you know, a great character. He did some bad things. He did some incredible things. And, and you know, I'm sure we don't know all of, of what he's done, but I don't think that that um, discounts, you know, the good he's done. And I think, you know, we can still learn from his story, um, regardless, you know, you, you just want to take, take the good and leave the bad from, from anyone you meet. So I think that's an important skill is to, you know, don't just throw away an entire person because they've done some bad stuff. Uh, anyway, hope you found this interesting. If you think somebody else you know would find it interesting, then do me a favor and click that share button. Send it over to them with your honest opinion. Uh, should only take like five seconds to do. And I'll see you in the next episode.